Clayton. John Clayton. Hey, Mom, I'm done with my segment. This is the Coors Light Cold Hard Facts with John Clayton. Brought to you by Coors Light. Made to chill. Time to talk football with the professor, John Clayton. If you guys have questions for John, you know what to do. Text those questions in 206-421-3776. That's 421 ESPN. Try to get to some of your questions before we let them go for the day. Hello, John. Hello, guys. We got uh, Robert Turbin in today. So. Hey, Robert. How are you? I'm great, man. How are you? Good. I mean, you brought back memories with Adrian Peterson coming in because it reminds me of when you came back from retirement and uh, Marshawn came back from retirement and went out there and uh, tried to help the team in December. Absolutely, man. It was good to see him out there. One of my biggest uh, inspirations as far as playing a running back position, man. So it's cool to see him out there. I mean, again, that's a, the great part about Adrian is that uh, even when he was in college, he looked like a pro. Like even a so, uh, as a freshman, a sophomore, I mean, he just looked pro ready then because uh, he was so big, so powerful, and so good. Yeah, I heard rumors that he could have like he was one of the rare breeds that probably like I mean, he just looked like he could have went pro right out of high school. Yeah, the way his size and the way that he ran. Yeah, he's. It's it's pretty amazing. I know he's not what he was, and he's what thirty six years old. Yeah. So I don't have any real expectations, but you still marvel at what he was able to do off of blowing out his knee, tearing his ACL, and then coming back that next season and rushing for two thousand yards. I mean oh, yeah. that's 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 just different, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even I mean, think about all the injuries that he had, even at Oklahoma. Yeah, you know, to, and, and to still have the type of career that he had in the NFL, man, it's amazing. It's now, like the, Frank Gore blowing out both knees before he was ever mm-hmm. a pro. Right. Right. So, and there's two Hall of Famers you're talking about right there. Right. Yeah. So, John, what do we what do we make of that? I mean, I, I was asking on Twitter after the game, who who is this team? Where 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 did they come from? I mean, it was the first time. First of all, yeah. First time all season they've won the time of possession battle. Mm-hmm. First game, uh, they were the defense was getting off the field for the most part. You know, they were they were three and outs and doing doing a great job capitalizing on opportunities. Russell Wilson, thirty of thirty seven, incredibly efficient. I mean. That's that's not the team we've been watching over the past few months. What do, what do you, is no, that, is course, that just familiarity with the 49ers, or do you think no. they figured something out? No, I think what it come down to is that uh, you know, what was the thing that this team needed to do? It needed to have Russell Wilson play like Russell Wilson. And so Russell Wilson yesterday played like Russell Wilson. I mean, he moved around. He was able to get into a tempo. He was able to complete the short passes. I thought it was great that he you know didn't throw too many long passes. I mean, what, his 37 attempts were for 231 yards, mm-hmm. and really when you think about the fact that he was able to score, and really, I mean, this should have been a 40-point game because when you think about it, it's like, okay, sure, they got the opening touchdown on a punt fake uh, that Travis Homer took down all the way to the end zone, but then what you what you saw is that there was three plays involving George Everett that uh, two were fumbles, Gerald Everett. Or Gerald Everett, yeah, two, that he had two fumbles, and then you know, had the one play where he batted the ball in the air and it was intercepted, and those were all red zone plays. All three of those could have been touchdowns. Yeah, you're talking about those players from Gerald Everett, and uh, you know I want to talk about how the defense really responded uh, to those negative plays, right? I mean, especially at the end of the game, Gerald Everett has that fumble. It's 30 to 23. The 49ers have, I think, just over four minutes left to go in the game, and they have an opportunity to drive down the field and potentially tie the game, but the defense uh, is able to stall and, and, and hold those guys. Talk about how the defense was able to respond uh, uh, through adversity throughout the football game. Yeah, I think that uh, you know the defensive line did well. 
They did a decent job of holding back the running game. I thought that, because uh, you know how good Kyle Shanahan is calling running plays. It, it seemed like he can take any running back, no matter if he's unknown or known or whatever, and have him be successful. And then, of course, they were able to get pressure on Jimmy Garoppolo and force some mistakes. And then, you know, the 49ers made a lot of mistakes. You know, turnovers, you know, just blunders, things of that nature. I mean, they were their own worst enemy. And so uh, Seattle was able to take advantage of it. But again, the defense continues to get better. So what do you expect moving forward? I know and Robert talked about, hey, man, each week is its own entity. It's its yeah. own game. Uh, but do you expect we're going to see something similar to this moving forward that they've sort of found the recipe, if you will? They did go up tempo. Yeah. Uh, they did mix up the tempo, which is what I've been screaming for in the offseason. Just sprinkle it in, man. Just keep the defense off off uh, you know off balance a little bit. We saw that. Yes, we saw him do things. You know, obviously the fake punt. We saw him yeah. going for it on fourth down. I guess that's kind of the beauty of being three and eight is you you don't really have anything to lose. You can be aggressive or do the things you maybe otherwise wouldn't do. Well, I mean, the, the whole season now eventually comes down to the road games against the Rams and the Cardinals, and they're going to be tough. But, I mean, you know, they got the game coming up on Sunday going against Houston. That's a win. At the end of the season, they take on Chicago and the Detroit. So those should be two wins. So at the very least, they should come out at 7-9 and nine, or 7-10. and 10. And, uh, you yeah, we'll see. You know, that's, I think it's going to be tough to win those two division road games. So that's probably going to mean – that uh, you know they're going to finish you know uh, you know seven and ten, but again if uh, if they can win one of those games and be eight and nine, you know they, these come out with a little bit of respect. But again, you know they have the winnable games that they need to take advantage of and just not play down to their opponents. Rashad Penny was able to come in and and create a spark. He had a nice run and also uh, the screen pass that he took across the field. And obviously AP came in had a touchdown. Uh, do you see that combo developing into something as the season progresses? I, I think that uh, they, they can do some good things. Yeah, because, again, Penny's so young and talented that, uh, yeah, and he's got the speed and everything else. I mean, you figure Adrian's going to struggle to get, you know, three yards, 3.2 yards a carry at the best. I mean, yesterday he only had eight, uh, 16 yards on 11 carries, but still to come out and start after only being here for about three days, that's pretty remarkable. And then also to come out of the game healthy, because you saw Richard Sherman do that. And what happened to Richard Sherman, I mean, he's now been on the injured list ever since. He's going to come off this week and be available. And actually, they're going to start having him play a little safety as opposed to cornerback, uh, particularly now that Mike Edwards uh, got suspended for three games for having a uh, you know a fake uh, vaccine uh, vaccine card. And uh, so it's like, uh, yeah, so uh, I thought it was great that Adrian was able to do that and help this team out. And I think you can see there was a little confidence there that he provided. Hey, I played this clip for uh, for Turbo a minute ago. I want to get your thoughts on it. Mike Garofalo talking about the Seahawks, yeah. and this is before the game. Um, and then he made reference to Jody Allen, and I want to get your reaction to it. Here's what he said. And I will add this. Uh, Jody Allen, who is the acting owner for the Seahawks right now, uh, the sister of the late Paul Allen, they don't know the fan base up there. How involved is she? No, she's very involved, and she's not happy. She's not looking at this like it's a one-year thing. We've been successful for a decade. I'd imagine there's going to be some changes in some form or fashion, but we'll see what happens once we get to the offseason, Tom. Now, he, he went on Twitter to sort of clarify, but it sounds like he just kind of repeated what he said. Yeah, he said, yeah. doubling back here, uh, owner Jody Allen not looking at it as a one-year thing. Didn't mean she's disregarding a decade of winning. Point is, she's involved, competitive, and even one down year has her wanting to get it right. Mm-hmm. So that 
he's kind of just reiterating what he already said in that clip. What do you, what do you make of that? Yeah, I mean, I think now, of course, everybody's going to be going to rash judgments and saying, okay, Pete's gone, Russell Wilson's traded, all those crazy things. And I don't see any of that happening. But obviously, I mean, she can't be happy with the way the season has gone. And also that uh, there's got to be change after the season because, again, it's a uh, – it's, it's been a bad season. But again, if they can, you know, get the three wins against the three winnable teams and, you know, either, you know, split the two uh, division games or something like that, then, you know, it's more manageable to say, okay, we had Russell Wilson out for that period of time. Russell Wilson wasn't affected throwing the football because of the finger and all those different things. And, you know, just was a little bit off in his game. And so you just write the season off. But again, you can't write it off without making significant changes. Uh, do you have any update on Jamal Adams' shoulder, and uh, do you feel Ryan Neal uh, can step in and be productive if Jamal has to miss time? Yeah, I mean, no. Uh, Pete Carroll said that uh, there's no time uh, estimate right now on Jamal. I mean, it's too early in the week, so it's like uh, we don't know anything there. Ryan Ryan Neal's a good player. And I think that, uh, you know, Ryan has done a lot of good things. I mean, certainly he doesn't have the talent of Jamal Adams. I mean, he wasn't the sixth pick in the draft. But, I mean, he does some good things. And I think that you can see he's a good fit on this team. So, John, what do you – I guess the one downside that, that Robert and I talked about earlier is, you know, coming out of this game is the offensive yeah. line, which just – and I asked him the question, is there a single guy on that line you could point to and say that they are at least as good as they were last season – if not better. And I, my answer is no. I feel like everybody has taken a step back on that line. I know they're dealing with injuries, but even yeah. when they were healthy, we were talking about, man, they're just, it's not coming together. What do, what do you... I, I still think that uh, Gabe Jackson's uh, doing pretty well. I wouldn't... Correct. Well, he's the one guy I can't point to last season because yeah, I, right, right, I didn't watch right. the Raiders. Yeah, so I don't I know mean, if he's better or not. Brandon Shell's been hurt off and on this year. Then, you know, Dwayne Brown's not had a real good season. Uh, then, you know, you have... The, the injury to uh, Damian Lewis, which is the shoulder that still keeps him out. Looks like he is going to play this week. But, again, he's had the shoulder injury. Then Kyle Fuller filled in. He gets hurt. And literally, and you can see why it was a problem in the fourth quarter for Russell Wilson, he's out there with two rookies, a left guard and a left tackle that uh, – or a right tackle that are were, were rookies, you know, a sixth-round pick and an undrafted player. And so that's scary. But in the end, it's like, uh, you know, you try to make the best with what you have. And then somehow, some way over time or next year, get better depth. John, I want to go off topic a little bit from Seattle. Do you, I just want to ask, do you yeah. watch college? You watch college football a little yeah. bit, right? Yeah. Uh, quarterback at Pittsburgh. I don't know if you saw the <laughs> Robert's fakes. been fired up about this. I have all to morning. ask you about this, John. I got to get your opinion because this had me fired up ever since. And I'm not a defensive player. Right. You know, obviously, I'm an offensive player. Uh, I can't think of the kid's name. Kenny Pickett, quarterback for yeah. Pittsburgh, fake slide, goes off for a 58 yard. What do you think about that, man? Do, do you think that the committee uh, should get together and, 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 and do something about that? Because obviously, you see the defensive players let up, obviously, thinking he's going to slide, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden. He takes off for a touchdown. I feel like that should be down right there and, pro- uh, uh, you know, a 15-yard penalty for unsportsmanlike conduct. What's your uh, opinion I think that's that? a little bit too much. I mean, again, if you fake, if you fake everybody out, I mean, you're a quarterback. You're trying to do the best you can 
to uh, fake out defenses and do things like that. Maybe it is a little extreme, but it's like, uh, how can you give a 15-yard penalty for well, a creative play? Because you get a 15-yard penalty if I bust them in the mouth. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but he didn't bust anybody in the mouth. Yeah. John, I think it's he's exploiting a rule that is designed to protect him uh-huh. the, the, as the quarterback, pretending to slide, getting the defenders to let up, and then, oh, I'm not really sliding, I'm running. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, that's 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 kind of unsportsmanlike. You don't yeah, but do, it would have, what happened? What, what, go back many years ago, and I know Robert won't remember this. I think Bob will. But remember when Dan Marino did the, uh, you know, the fake spike, and then came out of that fake spike and threw a touchdown pass. Yeah, but again, that's not a play designed to protect him. Exactly. No. This it's is one where you are you are deking a defender into into not hitting you because hey, you're not allowed to. Uh-huh. I'm going to slide, so I'm now off limits to These you. These guys are stop. They like yeah. literally are stopping the to play. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's I that's I, I I'm with Robert on that. I that's, think you if if you don't want to do the penalty, John, I think you should at least at least be down. But I think it's something NFL should take a look at just in case somebody gets tries to get creative, like uh-huh. Lamar Jackson or something. They, they see that highlight and go, I'm going to try that. You know what I mean? Yeah, pre- yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to pretend I'm going to slide. As soon as they let up, I'm going to run. Yeah, no, no, no. You can't take advantage of a rule that's designed to keep you from getting hit. No, that's true. Good point. Back, yeah. back, back to the Seahawks, uh, John. And I know you alluded to the uh, to the defense and their improvement earlier. Talk a little bit about the secondary. Obviously, Quandre Diggs, man, four interceptions this season, and, and, and we discussed Jamal Adams. But remember that the, the 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 focus at the start of the season were the corners, mm-hmm. and uh, I mean we haven't really mentioned them. And, you know, it's not like they've made any any big plays, but they're not having big plays being made on them either. No, D.J. Reed, I think, has had a great season. In fact, uh, I was looking at the stats last week, and they're completing less than 40% of the passes they throw on him, which is a really good number. And so he's been he's been good. And, I mean, you know, Sidney Jones was off and on yesterday, but, again, he made some good plays and did some good things. So that was encouraging. Still haven't really seen enough of, uh, you know, bless Austin, as far as what he's able to do, but uh, they're doing the be- the best they can under the circumstances. You're right, John. Yeah. Okay. Just want to give you a chance to get a little yeah. water there if you need something. Uh, as far as uh, as far as what happened with the Ravens, what did you make of that? I saw Harbaugh up there. You know, people say, "Why did you go for two? Why did you do that? Why did what, what did you think of the way they lost? We saw Lamar Jackson on the sideline slamming the helmet, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. What's your takeaway? I on think that it was one? stupid. I think too many coaches go for the. T- you know, try to go for the two-point conversion at the wrong time. I mean, it's like they're going for fourth downs. You know, it's like, you know, it's like they, they think that, uh, you know, they can control everything. But it's like, just get the kick. Tie the game. Don't try to do something like that. Because, again, you know, because – and then you know what uh, John Harbaugh and any other coach says. It's like, oh, if I was – I'd do it again any time. Well, you're going to lose every time? Is that, is that what you really want to have? I mean, it cost them a critical game that could keep them from, you know, either winning the division or, you know, being a number one, number two seed. But I, I just – it's like I, I can't credit a mistake. I think this was a mistake. Big AFC showdown tonight between the Bills and the Patriots. How do you see this one playing out? Uh, I'm leaning toward the Patriots, but I wouldn't be surprised for the Bills because I understand – you know, I haven't uh, looked at the, the – I know the weather is going to be horrible because of the winds are supposed to be bad. It's going to be cold. You know, now both teams experience that because they both practice in similar type, uh, you know, areas and similar type situations. But, uh, you know, this could favor the Bills, but certainly it's not going to favor the pass 
because again, I, I I've watched these games and been at these games in uh, in Buffalo where the winds are blowing and all those different things and it's cold. I still remember a game that Eli Manning, you know, really struggled. Uh, but he was able to pull out a victory over the Bills, and out of that victory, they still they, they were, the Giants were able to start getting hot enough that they made the wild card and went to the Super Bowl. But that was the turnaround game. So it's like, uh, yeah, but it's really difficult when you get the winds blowing and all those stuff in Buffalo. John, as far as uh, games we saw over the weekend, how about your Detroit Lions? Oh, how about it? How yeah, about it? We, we talked about this, John. That even when they're losing, they're not getting their tails kicked. They got a number of two two point losses. I mean, they're always in it. They just yeah. can't quite close the door, and they got over the hump. And it, the one thing that that seemed clear is that this team will go to the wall for Campbell. They right. seem to really, really like him. Is, yeah. is this? I mean, I know you don't think they've got any talent on the they roster. They don't have any talent. But is is this could this be a building? Is he the guy that can turn them around or do you think this is still just going to be based on ownership and the GM and everything else? This is they're just going to be year in year out a bad team. I think they're going to be a bad team for about 2 or 3 years. We'll see where they are after that and see if Dan Campbell's still going to be the coach. But again, it's like they've got so many holes on the team and all that stuff. And then let's credit the Vikings because again, you know, the Vikings they they've lost a lot of close games, and uh, you know they lost this one too. And so it's like uh, you know they gave Detroit every chance to stay in the game, and that's the problem. If you are a a, a a bad team and you let that team stay in the game, they can come back like they did and bite them. So you're saying the Vikings are a bad team? Uh yeah. Okay. But they're not as bad as the uh, the Lions. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, record-wise, certainly not. But they, you're giving are – you, are you – you're, you're giving too much credit to the Lions. They won a game. Oh, yeah. That's one. They beat, they beat a team that, that, that beat up on the Seahawks. They won one game. Okay. And they I'll, got a tie. Yeah. And all I'm saying is that, that they've been in games. That yeah. They're, they're not yeah. out there getting destroyed every week. No, no. So that, that was my point is they've been close. Yeah. And the team clearly – Seems to like their head coach. Yeah, That's and, all. and this was the uh, what the first game that uh, since the opener where they had twenty points. Uh, probably. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why. Why do you hate the Lions so much, John? I don't hate them. That they were. They, they were stink, <laughs> Bob. Bob, do, do you listen to these words. They stink. I get that. I'm not trying to sell you that they're great. I'm just saying. No, but you, you keep on trying to sell. It's like, oh, they're competitive. They're in this stuff, but they, they don't win. Yeah, they lose 16 to 14, yeah. 13 uh, to 10, 19 to 17, 19 to 17. Robert, will you straighten him out? Well, I, I don't know, man. Bob is kind of, you know, he'd be in the gym. So, you know, I yeah, got yeah, yeah. to be careful, man. And he knows jujitsu and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, He's yeah. like a blue belt or uh, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I can box, but... Ah, you know, that jujitsu <laughs> thing is different, you know, so mm-hmm. I got to be careful. But I would never do anything yeah. to you. I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't even know. I don't really want to talk about the Lions, but I just think. <laughs> Good. I, <laughs> but I do want to ask, though, like, they, they just seem to be, like, one of the few franchises that just, even with Matthew Stafford, mm-hmm. just haven't been able to, like, turn a, turn it around. I mean, can't even find a way to have, like, a winning record at the end of the season why like what do you attribute that to like why can't they like get over the hump bobby bobby lane who's that bobby lane used to be the quarterback of the lions back in the 50s okay <laughs> this is all his fault <laughs> and so oh bobby God. bobby lane uh took him to the playoffs that year and then they decided the next year to uh bring in a new quarterback, and then trade him to Pittsburgh, which was a horrible team at that time. And Bobby Lane came back and said, 
Yeah, and uh, it's like this franchise will not win a playoff game for over fifty years. Oh, so and they call jinx. it the curse of Bobby Lane. And oh, so, and so far he's been right. They've not won a playoff game. I have heard of that. Yeah, That's funny. And they and they've had a hard time finding yeah. a quarterback before Stafford. I mean, you had the Scott Mitchells of the world and mm-hmm. Rodney Pete, and you can go up and down the. They were just one of those John Kitna. They just couldn't find that. They were like the Browns and the yeah, Bears, yeah, where they just yeah. had a new quarterback. It seemed like well, one every of their, one of their best quarterbacks was Charlie Batch. Yeah, yeah, that tells you how how tough it's been for them. That's <laughs> mm-hmm. been a tough sledding yeah. for them. All right, John. So you like you like the uh, Patriots tonight? I do, but I'm not, I'm not totally sold because again, the weather conditions are going to play into it. And you know how Mac Jones plays in those conditions. You know that could be really against him because again, he's done a phenomenal job as a rookie, a phenomenal job as a quarterback. But I mean, this could really negatively affect him. Let's put it this way: it's going to affect him more than it's going to affect Josh Allen. I mean, Josh Allen practices in this stuff, and Josh Allen has a much stronger arm, and that might be able to hold up against the winds and the cold and everything else. John, we appreciate it. We'll talk tomorrow. All right, sounds good. There you go. If you missed any of today's cold, hard facts, brought to you by Coors Light, made to chill, just download the podcast at 710sports.com. Man, why does he hate the Lions so much? I don't know. I wasn't trying to say they're a good team. All I'm saying is they're yeah, a competitive. They, you look at, at their losses. I mean, literally, they're just 19 to 17, 13 to 10, all these two and three point losses. They're just, yeah. they're always kind of right there. They can't, they're not good enough to get over the hump. And they did this weekend against well, the team that hammered the uh, Seahawks. My favorite player of all time was a Lion. So Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders. That's mine too. So, you know, love Barry. I feel bad for him. But it is what it is. Yeah. The curse of Bobby Lane. Who knew that? Who knew that? Everything we've seen in recent memory from the Lions is the fault of a guy that played in the 50s. I had right. no idea. Hey, no hey idea. it's about how you treat your players, man. <laughs> All right. Okay, coming up, fresh off his first career touchdown, D. Eskridge will join us in our player spotlight. That is coming up next. It's Wyman and Bob with Robert Turbin in today on 710 ESPN Seattle.